What is up, rugby fans? Welcome to episode number two of the Safa Pod. Got the, the main man himself and, and co-host with me, Keegan Hall. How you doing, man? Always here, man. Always here. No, not too bad at all. Um, definitely looked at uh, at the pod last week. It was uh, very interesting. Second episode. I'm pretty excited, to be honest. But uh, I, I, I don't know about you. I definitely listened to that like directly after we recorded <laughs> it. Listen to the full thing. <laughs> and yeah. just, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really enjoying the podcast. So episode two, here we go. How, how, how did you find the first episode experience? Mate, I love that. Listening to my own voice over and over again was less than ideal, if I'm completely honest. But we move. It's okay. Um, I may or may not have listened to three, four 45 times but um yeah obviously it was uh it was good Dion free sublime guest it's just the two of us today um yeah the listeners will be glad to hear um Boys pod. We, we've got we've got quite a few internationals lined up for the next few few weeks actually which is great um however not anybody lined up today if you are a professional rugby player i suggest checking your dms because you probably got a message from the staff pod um but just, it uh, out, man. <laughs> just the two lone rangers today steaks you were at the at the storms game over the weekend which we'll get to in a little bit but um your thoughts on the the curry cup i think the sharks versus the bulls was the first game and i think we both picked uh the sharks to win that one and, and proven wrong yeah man on, honestly what an exciting game um i didn't watch the full thing live but i watched the highlights and jeez man the bulls honestly came out and the the running rugby they had and the the set plays and everything i mean i i thought they were going to put way more points on the board against the sharks and obviously the sharks came back and had a good good showing sort of come back at the end and uh, make the game a little bit closer than than where, where I thought it was going to go. But geez, what a what a performance by the Bulls, man! Yeah, it was unreal. And to be honest, with you, I think that um, the 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 Sharks probably home ground advantage probably underperformed. If I'm completely honest, showed up a little bit too late, and and the Bulls kind of just proving us wrong there. And I think they're hitting their strides just in time in terms of running into the last few rounds of the Curry Cup, but also the last few rounds of the URC too. Um. Province cheaters, double defeat for the boys at home, but we'll we'll get onto the Stormers game. I'm not quite yeah. over it yet. Um, Province going down twenty six to to seventeen. Um, cheaters just proving too good, too clinical, and I don't know about you, but Province just seemed a, a little bit flat, almost relying on the home ground advantage a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, last week I think I predicted. I mean. Based off the performances uh, the week before, I thought it was going to be a lot more of a high-scoring game. But it seemed like both teams sort of not not bad defense at all. It seemed like it was a very forward-dominating game, which was which was quite interesting, almost like polar opposite to the week before. But yeah, like you like you say, sort of just not not clinical. And um, those those tries that the cheaters score were just absolutely amazing set pieces that had the rumble going perfectly and came out on top, man. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the, the big scoreline from the weekend in terms of Curry Cup results, Puma is absolutely smashing the Griffins. Uh, Puma's playing away too, so quite a big statement of intent. 64-6, to six. what was your thoughts on that game? 
I think it's great, man. I think the the, the Pumas are ab- absolutely dominating at the moment in the Curry Cup. Uh, not not too much to really t- talk about that game <laughs> except just pure domination. But it definitely, I mean, you know what? I actually went back and I thought about it when we spoke to Dion last week about the whole question with Curry Cup potentially being a feeder competition. Is it as competitive as it used to be? And one of his thoughts was obviously like all the competitions will end and there's still like four or five weeks of the Curry Cup left. Is that a good thing for everyone to join the Curry Cup teams after playing URC, Heineken, and then you have your full strength squad after you have a team like Pumas or the guys in um, the other teams like Bull Sharks and, and Province that have been grinding their, their butts off uh, the whole season to perform the way they have, only to be sort of pushed aside when the bigger names are, are available and they sort of, I mean, you always want to win the Curry Cup. I mean, that's a nice thing. It shows that it is important to these teams, but is it, is it, um, you know what I mean? What's your, what's your thoughts yeah. on that? Man? I think it's, to be completely honest here, I think that, yeah, we'll, we'll have a couple of boys drop in. The things that, that we need to keep in mind is that the box won't be, um, the box won't be playing during the Curry Cup season. They'll be prepping for the rugby championship, that first game against Australia. So a lot of those boys won't be playing. Um, I think that, if we're looking at it in terms of province, province will probably have a few players drop down. Um, the likes of Ruan Nulls, um, potentially somebody like Marnie Libok, if he's not in, in and around the mix. So that's probably slightly unfair. But my honest answer is without the box, I think the Pumas could still do it. They did it last year and they, they ended up winning it. I think the greater issue at play is probably the world rugby calendar and and the time that we play our rugby is probably not not quite where it needs to be i think everybody needs to be playing the domestic competition at the same time and international rugby at the same time so that you've not got players only resting for a month out of the entire year. they they need to give their bodies a rest get proper pre-season in and hopefully that's something that's going to be addressed post world cup um there's also talk of a uh, super club competition on the horizon uh, the likes of Crusaders going up somebody against somebody like Leinster. And that will be super, super in- interesting. Um, and it's whether or not that happens and, and how World Rugby decides to, to line it up. To be honest with you, I think World Rugby are trying to do the best that they can, but I think that the people that they've got in charge aren't necessarily doing everything that they can to, to get things sorted. Um, yeah. And we'll get onto a little bit onto things like red cards and, and where those are going at the moment, because that's obviously not looking all too good. Especially not no, not at all. But I mean, yeah, even even a competition like that. I mean, it, it all sounds great in theory, but it, you know, rugby's not not football. You know, it's not soccer. So it's like you can't expect these guys to. I mean, already their their bodies get pounded, man. There's so many guys that uh, careers end um, way before them when when they should, just because their their bodies just get absolutely mashed during the season and. Oh, I don't, I don't know about adding a... I mean, then then it sort of just boils down to squad depth, I suppose. Then the URC becoming a curry cup of European rugby because now all of a sudden the European teams are solely focusing on the Heineken Cup and then obviously yeah. this big international tournament with the with all the top teams in the world. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, I think in that sense, it might be... It, it probably would be good to sort of have another competition in because then it just sort of 
um, shows the depth and there's just more rugby happening. Obviously yeah. not good for individual competitions like Curry Cups and URC, um, as we saw when we get into the Leinster game, sort of like dropping your sort of B, B teams playing it. So it's not necessarily good for the league. And in terms yeah. of um, finances and sponsors, because maybe people won't watch it as much. At the end of the day, I love rugby and we're a, rug a rugby podcast. But there's only so much rugby you can watch on the weekend, man. So, but it, it's that... I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see as long as it grows the sport. And I mean, these guys are are getting paid more. They're able to look after their families, and there's more rugby, and and people are getting more opportunity. And yeah, man, I say I say go for it. I think the key for me will be: can we align the Six Nations with the rugby championship? So having those played at the same time. Right. Mm. So then all your international players are playing at the same time. So your international players who are playing in the URC can all rest throughout the same kind of time period. So those boys are actually getting two, three months off. Um, and then in terms of the international competition, I think you you essentially take the winner of the Champions Cup, the winner of the URC. They might be one and the same, especially this year. Um, the winner of the the top 14 and um, the top league in Japan. Uh, the um, super rugby competition and then what you do is you essentially go right well you all play each other in one round a piece and, and then you have one final and, and maybe have it be three or four extra games but the number of, of games that these boys are playing at the moment and, and girls too it's just it's just nuts nutty man nutty speaking yeah. speaking of Leinster big news this week we posted on the socials Jacques Nienarbert is uh, he's away as of, as of next year, it's obviously quite a big coup from from Leinster. Um, I think it's a massive loss for the box. I do think that after this World Cup, we we do need some freshness anyway. So, kind of forces yeah. the hand a little bit. Jacques Nienaber is the the one that built our defense for for 2019 World Cup, and, and certainly is probably heading up the defense at the moment. But the big question is whether or not Russia Rasmus is going to be going with him. So current rumors are that um, Russia Erasmus might be might be heading off, not next year, but the year um, taking Leo Cullen's position. Leo Cullen's currently the, the head of rugby for Leinster, and he would then be replacing Leo Cullen, and you'd then have Jacques Nienaber operating underneath him, um, which would be just ridiculous, man. Just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, man. I think I think at the end of the day, what Russi did in the 2019 world cup was fantastic i mean you, anyone just goes out there and watches that documentary it's just unreal to sort of see the mind and the brain and the tactics that go into winning that world cup is just second to none really and obviously we sort of lining up with uh, the world cup i mean having a year off after the world cup during COVID, um sort of that whole lion series as well it has been a bit of an up down performance i mean even just looking at the the stats overall um for him right now these last few years isn't necessarily fantastic to be honest it's not necessarily fantastic but it is sort of building to this world cup i mean we pretty much are a world cup team we haven't won we didn't win a whole bunch of tri nations or the castle Lager championship or anything like that so it's it's going to be interesting. And I think Russi sort of um, being the, the head of uh, director of South African rugby, he's obviously done amazing things from the ground up, not necessarily purely just for the Bok team. So I think, you know what, at, at the end of the day, I think that would be a big 
loss for South African rugby if he's he's lost in in that sense, not necessarily just for the box, but literally rugby all over South Africa. Because obviously there's been a huge improvement all around the board, you know. So it's it's going to be quite interesting. But I think the whole coaching thing definitely does make sense exactly what you say, like a bit of fresh meat, a bit of fresh rugby going on. We've got the players, we've got the core group. They, they've majority of them have won the world cup. Hopefully they'll win a second one this, uh, this year, but I think, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it will be nice to sort of change it up a bit. Cause I mean, you, you, you really can't have a coach for that long, you know, like you look at New Zealand, they won their two world cups and then, uh, coach left and and then they sort of had to make changes in that because eventually teams just start figuring you out they know unless you are extremely creative and can come up with a whole new game plan which unfortunately most coaches don't really do they're sort of kind of stuck in their ways they have the way they like to play rugby and coach rugby so I think it's it's interesting obviously I, I heard the boys chat about it on on super sports and saying you know, was it a a leak, you know, from, from the Leinster side because they want to get everyone excited for next season? Unfortunately, I don't think Springboks or South Africa would have really have wanted it to come out before World Cup. But you know what? It is what it is. He's not gone just yet. So I think the boys are still going to be backing him and playing their hearts out for him. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting times. I just have no idea who's going to replace him. That was, that was going to be my next question. Who? Because the reality is, in terms of the the playing pool that South Africa have got, we've got a fantastic pool of players. Whether that be at Curry Cup level, uh, Varsity Cup level, you've also then got obviously the URC and then Springboks. But I think the statistic is that we've got three hundred professional players playing top flight rugby abroad. Right? You think of three hundred players, how many teams that fills? It's absolutely ridiculous. So in terms of that, we've got the players. Unfortunately, I don't think that we've necessarily got that many coaches that that live up to the standard that that Russi and Jacques have set. Now, Russi and Jacques have had a bit of an up-down kind of couple of years, as we say, 50% winning ratio most of the time. But in terms of the replacement, I, I'm not sure that we've got the right people in the country to to do it. Now, there's quite a few coaches who are based abroad that, that might be able to help. I think the favourites to replace... Russi and Jacques at the moment are either Steck or Dion Davids, obviously the current attack coach and forwards coach. The interesting thing is neither one of them have been coaches at the top level, right? So you've got assistant coaches there that that haven't coached at the top level that are potentially going to be shoved into the limelight. To me, that's not going to work. I, I think that would be the, the wrong way to approach things. I think that I would be going with, if, if you're talking club coaches, I'd probably be going with John Dobson. Yes, and Stormer's boy. I wanted to say it, but I didn't want to sound biased, man. I mean, but look here, man. Honestly, when when you're talking club levels, he's the only one performing really. Won won the URC last year, performed pretty well in the in the Heineken Cup, and hopefully brings it home uh, home again this uh, this year again. You know, it's uh, and honestly, with with the I wouldn't say mediocre side, but we definitely don't have many uh, box as the as the other teams in that. You know, and. I think you, uh, I think the side he's he's doing it with and he's done it with is he's doing a bloody good job, man. He's he's so good at identifying players that maybe other 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 people overlook. The likes of a, a Joseph Dweber, perfect example. He's not been unreal. Let, let's be quite real. Malcolm Marks and and um, Bongi Umbanambi are absolutely the, the the best hookers that South Africa have got available to them. 
but he's brought him in. He's brought somebody like Ruben van Heeren in. Um, Dion Faree is a prime example of that. Monty Lubbock, I mean, he bounced from, I think he played for the Bulls and the Sharks. They they couldn't settle him, couldn't get the best out of him. And Monty is a bit hot and cold, but he certainly got the best out of him over the course of the last kind of year, year and a half, we want to say. His performance over the weekend wasn't ideal, but absolutely, I think he's, he's a good shout if we're talking club-level coaches. Now, South Africa as a country don't necessarily always like to invite coaches who are born in other countries to, to coach our national squad. But the other person that I was possibly thinking, Ronan O'Gara, ex-Island International, currently close coaches La Rochelle, coached them to a Heineken Champions Cup victory last year. Yeah. They beat Leinster in the final, right? He's used to working with some really big boys, but playing some really, really good rugby. And he's done it himself. He's played for the Lions. He's played for Ireland. He's a Grand Slam winner. He's if a legend, thinking, man. If you're thinking out of the box, yeah. I reckon Ronan O'Gara. And then what you've got is you've got good old Razor, Scott Robertson, all blacks playing Ronan O'Gara's spring box. And, and it's the old Crusaders head coaches going head to head, which would be yeah. really interesting. And then the, the, the only other option I could, could maybe think of is Franco Smith, who is the... Um, the, the current head coach of, of Glasgow Warriors, they're absolutely flying. You could also have somebody like Johan Ackerman uh, coaching in Japan. And the other one that's being kind of thrown around is um, Jan van Groen. So he was the um, he was the uh, he was the coach that got brought in to take over from Rossi and Jacques at Munster, and he now coaches at Bath. But Bath have only won maybe once or twice this year, so. In terms of form, not necessarily the, the yeah. best coach for it. So my my honest answer is I'd have Dobber and and certainly Ronan O'Gara up there. That'd be interesting, man. Very interesting. Um, in terms of the Curry Cup, obviously final result that we, we've not really covered was uh, I think we didn't we cover the lines and the Grick was obviously sorry bring it back to to URC. Um, Sharks Benetton, but closer than the Sharks maybe would have liked. Benetton certainly came out firing. Yeah, yeah, it came out firing. I, I think I was, uh, you know what? Just, just side note, okay. I'm, I'm currently on a on a alcohol break. All right, to anyone out there that's listening, because I know Scott's going to bring up the fact that I absolutely had a bender after the Stormers game, and that's two episodes <laughs> in a row. So just letting you know, I'm on an alcohol break, but. I was at the spa getting my beers when I saw that uh, sharks are down like early within the first 10 minutes. And I was like, no ways, man, they're going to get absolutely hammered here. And no, they actually brought it back, did really well. And yeah, Benetton sort of stayed in the game quite a bit, but Hey, the sharks got the result, man. Good job. I think my main concern there with, with that is the number of Springbok players that you've got in that lineup. Um, It's slightly concerning that they're not, quite performing at the level that they should be that front row is an all springbok front row and they they would usually make it into the 23 they played for the springboks last year thomas de toy um bongi umbanambi um those those boys are are big hard carriers um ox and che i mean you look at that front row it, it should be doing the business obviously urban's injured at the moment you've got sia in the back row You've then usually got Jaden Hendricks are in there, but Grant Williams, who's also been in and around the Springbok mix. Um, your 13 is the Kanye. You've then got Mapimpi on the one wing. In terms of that team, that team is stacked. Like if we're talking about teams that are stacked with Springbok players, 
that team is absolutely stacked and they're not performing. And, and you do wonder, change a coach halfway through the season. Is there a bit of a concern? They've got one round left this weekend. They then will probably make the quarters. It's looking like likely that they're away to Leinster. Does that mean that those boys then all drop out? There's then a good month, month and a bit before the game against Australia. What are we going to do to, to keep those box fit? Yeah, no, for sure, man. I, I think, yeah, especially with the Sharks, they're just absolutely stacked, man. And they really are just a coin flip team at the moment. You know, like it's it's got to be some something to do with the coaching. I mean, you, you see teams that just don't have these star players that just manage to perform. And then you have these other teams that just the budget is ridiculous. They've got all these players, but man, it just sometimes boils down to just not clicking. And I mean, that they're all Springboks, you know what I mean? So they should click. So it's, I don't know. It is, it is a little bit worrying that they just, who knows, maybe that's that green Jersey brings, brings something out of them that they're able to do it together. But, oh man, that black Jersey, they're just, just not really not performing as well as they should do. I mean, they got the win and they're getting into, hopefully we'll get into the quarterfinals as another South African team, but Interesting. Definitely, definitely not performing as well as I thought they were going to after seeing who they got this this preseason. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 excited to see who they announce to the coach and, and take things from there. But um big result this weekend in terms of school, Bulls Zebra, Bulls pulling pulling it out of the bag, <laughs> 78 to 12. Um <laughs> oh my hiding. Mate, in, what a game. The, there's nothing you can really, really talk about there other than Kurtley Arantzer, Oh My Wheels, Kanan Moody, absolutely putting some monstrous hits um, and that forward pack absolutely dominating and, and put, proving us wrong from, from our comments from, from last week in terms of the Bulls not really having very much form. Now, this week they've got Leinster, so it might be a different story, but they're, they're certainly yeah. doing very, very well. Well, who knows? Who knows? Because obviously we'll jump into the Leinster game now. They obviously had their B team, but... Yeah, Bulls absolutely smashed it, man. I think it's like once once the scoreline gets to a certain point, it's there's just no, there's nothing extra about the game. They just keep yeah. doing what they're doing. <laughs> One team's given up, and uh, yeah, definitely some some very interesting finishes, man, as well to some of those tries and that. And um, it, yeah, it's just been you know what wingers at the moment just seem to be finishing the most astounding tries at the moment in world rugby for all these club levels and that it is absolutely entertaining to watch so yeah that bulls game watching i didn't i didn't watch again but watching the highlights was just like man that highlight reel almost seemed like a podcast that's how many flipping drives there were you know <laughs> oh it's nuts wasn't that and obviously you you had um leinster pipping it past the lines keeping their un, unbeaten score for the year um worrying at the fact that that was leinster's not b team it's their second string team um, young guns, if if you want to call them that, we were texting during this game, obviously, and and you're like, man, imagine they 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 beat them, and I was like, don't speak too soon, don't speak too soon. 80th <laughs> minute of the game, young boy on debut slots slots the winning kick, just absolutely nuts. No, it's it's crazy, man, and honestly, that's just gonna fuel so much fire going into uh, the, the the rest of both these tournaments for Leinster. The fact that they were able to sort of pull back a game like that i mean don't get me wrong lions aren't necessarily the the top bloody team in in the urc but i mean they played well man they played well it would have made for a very interesting double header at the stadium seeing the bulls and then the lions performance like that but uh 
Hey man, that's exactly what we were talking about with with Dion and these South African teams about the depth. You know, when you have a team like Leinster, who's been around the block uh, quite a long time with these tournaments, and they're able to pull back a win like that with an extremely young team, says a lot, man. So yeah, I think we just need to work on getting those three hundred plus bloody South players African back. rugby players yeah. back into the country and playing for our club teams. You know, because I mean, if you look at that. Time, uh, number he was playing five this weekend, but um, Jason Jenkins playing for Leinster, doing the business in the engine room. Um, if if we're talking about a player who could potentially come back to SA, certainly one one person we'd we'd, we'd want back. Um, and talking about one person we'd want back, RG Snayman. Oh my line art steals. <laughs> yeah, Yo, you love a line art steal, don't you? Eh? You bloody lock. May I actually, the one silver lining from the game over the weekend, the Storm is losing, which I'm still not quite over. More so in the way that they lost. Um, Audrey's name on just absolutely smashing it. Um, hitting rocks, big hits, big carries, offloading, stealing lineouts. He's injured this week. I think he's got a concussion. Um, but the big thing is, obviously, with that being the case... We've, we've when he comes back, he'll come back for the box and he'll be firing on all cylinders. What, what were your thoughts after watching the game live? Well, that was that was exactly how you called it, man. Sort of uh, ear been injured. We'll see how, how Snayman does and that. And he absolutely killed it, exactly like you said. Uh, watching the game live this week was, oh man, heaps better. The stadium was very, very busy. Good energy, good atmosphere. Unfortunately, yeah, the boys just, I mean, look, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible game. I mean, I was highly disappointed with uh, Libok's kicking, kicking performance. I mean, he's definitely one person that I've been keeping my eye on to possibly slot in that number 10 jersey. I've just loved the way he's been playing this whole season. And his kicking has been phenomenal, man, but just wasn't able to nail it. And, and it wasn't a super windy day or anything. It wasn't wet and... Just, I don't know, man. Like, you just hope he doesn't get those jitters. Unfortunately, Pollard had that before, and it's just not a good thing with our South African kickers when they're just performing so well, and then they just miss a few kicks, and then they're all in their head again, you know? So, unfortunately, we did. It, it, it was a good close game. There were some hard hits, especially going into the second half. I mean, they were cracking in the stadium, and you could hear it. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, hey man, kicking kicking wins your games, and unfortunately, yeah, we had two opportunities at the end there to with penalties to get those three points, and then yeah, a bit of a bittersweet moment watching him go over the line for that final try, and you just knew it wasn't enough to to cross the line, you know, and win the game. Yeah, so it makes it very interesting as to relying on uh, your little hometown squad there to beat Munster. And then we need to put some points on the board so we can end second place. Yeah, I think it's uh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Ulster um, this weekend. That That's the big one. Um, because if if Edinburgh beat Ulster, then if we can pull a full five-pointer, which is unlikely, we'll stay in second. I reckon yeah. we'll we'll end up slotting in third. And then we, we might have to either go do the business ourselves or rely on the Sharks tripping up Leinster and, and Ulster because um, playing either one of those teams away could be yeah, right. so fun. Right. Um, in terms of Varsity Cup, obviously wonderful result for the um, NWU Eagles over the UCT Ike Tigers. 
only just pipping it at the end. Um, it was a really, really tight game. And that you ended up having um, the Ike Tigers coming back in the last few minutes. I think they were down by roughly nine or 11 points. And they ended up getting it within two with, with about 75 minutes gone, five minutes to go. So one well done to the NWU Eagles boys. Um, our bias does not extend to, to UCT. So uh, we're not too good that much. <laughs> um, right, Stiegs, let's get into uh, the, the main feature of this week. Uh our uh, Springbok 23. So the um, obviously big thing this year is the Rugby World Cup on the horizon. Um, Springbok 23. I think we need to do this once every kind of three, four weeks. Just just pick a current Springbok 23 based on form for one thing, but also injuries. Um, so I think I'll I'll run through um my, my twenty three and you let me know if you've you've got any uh, any differences anybody you disagree with I think there might be one or two. Uh, Loosehead, Oxenche, uh, Hooker, Malcolm Marks, and then uh, Tighted, Trevor and Yakanye. Uh, now hear me out on this. Most people would say, why haven't you started France and Kitsy? I thinking I think having those two come on when you've got tired legs is great. I was tempted to almost put Marks on the on the bench and, and have him come on with them as a unit. But I think having him there as a fetching threat from the outset is probably quite important. Don't know what your thoughts. Any any differences there? Yeah, yeah. I mean I definitely I definitely half agree with with what you're saying with regards to Bongi and, and Malcolm. I mean Bongi, yeah, I'd say more 60-40 agree with it. I think Bongi just sort of brings that fire that you need in the beginning of a game to really just absolutely mash the opposition and get them disheartened. And then, like you're saying, sort of that fetching from Malcolm. I mean, initially, beginning of the game, you've got so much time. I mean, you get points on the board when you want to get points on the board. But I think towards the end of the game, sort of having that Malcolm fresh legs um in the game when and stealing balls right at the end when we need those sort of really important penalties uh to get sort of cross the finish line in in a game possibly so i think other than that that the props i would i would agree with but maybe maybe not bongi bongi malcolm but i mean that's like it's much of a muchness really at the end of the day they're, they're both going to get the same amount of time playing so it's it's i it's reckon i reckon a good 40 40 split is is absolutely fine now Big news, obviously, still at the moment. Eben Etzebeth is still out, probably not going to play um, at club level for for essentially till next year or next season at least. Um, so so no Eben for the full shirt. I've gone Lurt Diaga and Franku Mostert. Now, the one thing I would say is you've not got an out-and-out kind of bulldozing lock there in terms of you've not got kind of your, your typical enforcer type. Um, but I think if you've got Jasper Visa in an eight, he's just absolutely tearing up trees for, for Leicester Tigers at the moment. So I think he he probably picks up a bit of the slack from from that. Um, and then you've got two out and out line out forwards. Any thoughts on, on the locks? Yeah, I think exactly. It's such a good point. I mean, you don't really have that enforcer and we pretty much touched on it last week as well. So it's, it's going to be interesting. We really... It, it would be nice to sort of have that uh, option as well, you know, just in terms of depth and that. But I mean, like you say, it's not it's not nece- it's not overly necessary when you have guys like you say Jasper Visser and 
I mean, Peter Steph Tatoya can definitely drop a shoulder. Sia Khaleesi as well yeah. has been showing some some pretty pretty good form recently, not only in just absolutely smashing Oaks, but also just a bit of a running game as well, man. Bro, like having, he, like, he's hanging out on the wing. He is hanging yeah. out on the wing. He, he is doing what I used to do in high school and just going, <laughs> I'm not getting dirty. I'll just stay out of here and, and wait and see what happens. Um, but he's yeah. obviously doing it far better than I ever could. Um, and you mentioned it there. I mean, Sia Khaleesi, Peter Steftoy, Jasper Visa, I think that is a back row. Um, you've obviously got Dwayne Vermeulen, and, and Dwayne's absolutely fantastic. He's great at more defense and, and more attack. But I think Jasper Visa is genuinely in such good form at the moment that you actually can't. Uh, Dwayne Vermeulen's actually going to have to take the shirt off of him at this point rather than it being the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, for how long before what I'd say 2015, we're in a situation where we're just looking at guys' accolades and past performances, and that was our team over, hey, man, this guy's young, he's hungry, he's actually playing better. Like, these old toppies need to start taking the jersey off of him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the that's the main thing, you know? And and honestly, that's the problem a lot of times, I think, in, in Springbok rugby and with the Springbok announcements and the squads, is they just go for the same people the whole time and, and don't make people worry about their positions. And then you have guys that have performed so well that are literally top-class rugby players, but then their performances get mediocre because they're just so comfortable. And I think they just really need to have that sort of um, competition, you know, and and yeah, that's, that's what they need. And to bring... Bring out a Dwayne for Mueller and that's hungry for that starting eight jersey yeah. is dangerous, you know? This is it. And then a couple of pretty easy choices for me at nine and 10. The only reason it's an easy choice is Jaden Hendricks is obviously injured at the moment, so you can't pick him at nine. Um, I think Faf de Clark would just slot straight back in there. Um, Faf's actually got a really good running game. We don't let him do that. But at the same time, if his box kicking's on and his running game's on, his defense shooting out the line if he finds that that 2019 form again, it's great. I do think he's probably the best scrum half. Him and Jaden Hendricks are probably fighting it out, and, and you could probably pick either one of the two. And then at 10, Andre Pollard. If you told me two months ago I'd be picking Andre Pollard in a, a starting Springbok squad, I would have told you that you're joking. But, oh, my God, the things that he is doing at the moment. he World Cup, yeah, Andre Pollard just comes out of hibernation and decides to just absolutely tear it up so you know that he's going to be on fire when it when it comes to the actual world cup itself so he's found his kicking boots he's found his running boots and if anybody missed it um leicester tigers game over the weekend Andre pollard flying through a gap and then sticking in a crossfield kick that sort of looks like a grubber straight into his wing and um, to score in the corner i mean thing of beauty no it's, I, I mean i i definitely agree with that i mean I was definitely a big Marnie Libok fan this whole season, sort of checking him out because the main thing was the kicking game. But I mean, yeah, Pollard's performing kicking wise, then he's dangerous, man. I mean, from the second he, he stepped foot on that on that field in a Springbok jersey, you just knew, even from under 20s, man. I mean, that guy yeah. was slot kicks everywhere on the field. And just the, the way he had run the ball as well, like like a very different style of running to Libok but still running at the line with pace. You never knew what he was going to do. And I think, uh, you know, even jumping back into that coaching discussion as well, you know, having a guy like Dobbs where he's he's sort of, you see it in the Stormers where, they, where they've got such a powerful 
forward um forward group but the, they let the back sort of play with flair man yeah like and i mean the, the, the unbelievable backs bro right we've got unbelievable forwards i mean if you look at the handling for the for the um for the stormers unreal and that's somebody like a, an Ivan Rus or Hachiva Diamani, those kind of boys that they're just absolutely on fire and talking about on fire backs Damien Willemser now this is going to be a controversial call and I know it is um because most people would pick the other 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 Damien um I think Damien Willemser's best position is genuinely 12 he's a big boy but I think the issue that we've got with the 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 um inside centers in South Africa at the moment and, and South African inside centers is they either tick one of three boxes. They don't tick all three. So you run your kick and your pass. Damien Willemser ticks all three of those because he's had experience at fullback and he's had experience at, at fly half. So if you've got somebody where you've got to have a bit of a tactical tick, kicking game during a test match, you you want that. I think Damien Dillendi is trying to work on that a little bit. You saw him put in a few kicks last year that didn't really come off. Um, I think a really dangerous sense appearing could be the likes of of Damien Willems and Lacanya Um and putting those two in there and, and letting them get a bit of experience. Because even if you do bring a Damien Dialendi back in, if you've then got Damien Willems coming off the bench and he's already got an established relationship with Lacanyo, it could it it could end up coming coming to fruition during the World Cup and it could be really, really dangerous. I I, I like him, man. I'm I'm a huge Damien. Oh. It, everyone's, you know, Stormers fan, huge <laughs> fan, but dude, I, I really am, and exactly like you say, he ticks all the boxes, man. And I think those are like the the most interesting and um, best setups for for backlines is when you have a twelve that has major experience in set play and those set pieces at, at as a ten. And I mean, you look at Damien's obviously getting flipping jacked. Like yeah. super quick, super <laughs> agile as well at the same time. The way he offloads, I mean, if, if we have those sort of great supporting runners, especially in the likes of Lucanio Arm when it comes to supporting runners, I mean, that's just tries scored for days, man. And and we need we need tries. We need yeah. a lot more running in the in the team. So I I I it is very controversial because I'm a huge uh, Damien Dialindi fan. He's he's done really really well for the box. I mean, he, he's a local boy in 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 our town back home, and that you know. So it is it is a bit controversial, but I think Damien Willemse just his popularity at the moment, the way he's been playing, his finishes, his pizzazz that he brings to the the game of rugby. I think he he, he brings more than a good performance to the team. Yeah, absolutely. And my back three now, Ches and Colby's injured. Right. And also to be completely honest, I don't think Cheslin has shown the the form that he was showing kind of 2019, 2020, early parts of 2021. Um, I think he does need to kind of find that form a little bit. But back three for me, Makazola Mapimpi on one wing, Kurt Learns on the other, and then Vili Larue at 15. Now, some people might be rolling their eyes at the fact that I've chosen Vili Larue at 15, but I think the 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 time that the Springboks have looked the most potent and the most threatening when it comes to attack and is when Vili can actually just pop up in that back line and that link play for me is really really important um and he's he's had a bit of experience playing with Damien at 10 last year he's now got he's he's had years of experience playing with 100 at, at 10 just that interchangeable system that they could run on the field having three of those eyes on the pitch I just think would be invaluable 
it means we'd be able to spot gaps whenever gaps pop up um, and you wouldn't have to worry about a slightly more inexperienced 15 at, at test level. Yeah, I, I like him, man. I've always been a Billy fan. Um, he, he definitely does bring that sort of spark as well, exactly that, like we were talking about. And I mean, I, I just think, I just think, Villy at fullback and Damien Willems at 12 makes a lot more sense than Damien Delindy at 12 and Damien Willems at fullback. Yeah, I think it feels a bit more balanced, doesn't it? That that's probably the 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 big thing for me is it it yeah. just feels feels a bit more balanced. In terms of the bench, as we touched on, Bongi and Bonobi, Stephen Kitzel, France Mahoba would be my my starting my replacement front row to come on in the, the 40th or the 45th minute. You could even bring them on in the 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 38th minute and really scare the absolute crap out of the opposition. Um in terms of replacements I think Marvin Ori's probably stuck up his hand, especially recently in terms of the, the way he's been playing, but his inclusion last year in, in the spring box, he didn't look out of place. Um, I would then have a second lock on the bench, which might be slightly controversial because you've already got three lock type players on the pitch, but um, Jason Jenkins or RG Sneeman. Um, I think if we're looking for an enforcer type, you probably want to go with a, a Jason Jenkins coming off the bench, but RG Sneeman's hands in the loose when, when bodies are tired. I think that's a, a straight toss up and it just depends which one of them is fit because they both had their their injury kind of woes. Um Dwayne Vermeulen is probably the final forward replacement for me. So I've gone for a 6-2 because I'm a Safa, um, even though it didn't sound like one, as we've said before. Um I think Vermeulen at, at, at the the final lock, uh, the final forward replacement is, is probably unreal having that experienced head coming on, right? And and yeah. the other thing with that is um He'll he'll be absolutely firing to go and, and wanting to take that eight jersey back or or Fiasper. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you you've got to have a an experienced guy like Dwayne Vermeulen anyway on the field. You know, whether it's in the starting lineup or on the bench, and I think he just brings that experience, and it's it's good. It's it's really good. I don't know. Jason Jenkins obviously recently sort of pulled back into the Springbok setup after having one game. Uh, going to be quite interesting. Going to be quite interesting if they give him some minutes on the field to sort of see what he does. Uh, he definitely looks like he's he's a bit more of that enforcer type. But obviously, like you said, um, Snaim on this last weekend, good performances, and going to be interesting to see sort of who who the coaches would sort of pick. But uh, I think I, I'd probably go Snaim on. I'd probably go Snaim on. The other the other interesting point is if if you have an injury to somebody like a Lua or a Franco. And, and then you're without yeah, but and one of those boys, um, Jason Jenkins and RG Sneeman actually played together for years at the Bulls, so they're they're used to linking up at four and five. So you've almost got a preset combination there that could come in quite yeah. easily and and play really really well. Now, the two backs replacements I would have would be Kobus Reinach, right? As I said, I'd have Jaden Hendrickson and Fafter Clark as my my starting two if if they were all available. But Kobus Reinach and um, Moni Lubok are, are probably my choices. Now, what most people will be saying is, well, Moni is, is an out-and-out out 10. He's not really that much of a 15. He's not that much of a center. He's not really a wing. So 6-2, how, how does that work? It's quite easy. You've got Damien Willemsen. You've got Andre Pollard on the, on the pitch already. If Damien Willemsen comes off injured... All, all you do is you slot Andre into to 12 and you put um uh you put Mami Lubok in a 10. Um and if one of the wings gets injured, you just push the Kanyo Am out, push 
Damien into 13 and um, you, you then kind of just have Henry back in at 12 and, and Marnie in at 10. So I think because of the, the versatility of the players that you've already got on the pitch, you don't really need the versatility off the bench. Um, and I think it would be interesting to see what he could do in the last 10, 15 minutes with with some tired bodies. Yeah, I like that, man. I like that. No, I, I, I definitely like the picks for this week. Uh, the, the only thing I would say is... Um, Papa's not on this list, and and I'm not I'm not happy about it, man. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's the main Brent man, Ron Stain. <laughs> well, actually, actually, he's injured. Sorry, no, he is injured. He's not injured. He's not injured. He's just taking some time off because he feels like it, dude. That guy, no, he is he's the injured. guy. <laughs> he is injured. He's the guy. He's That's decided not to play because he wants to go look after his cars <laughs> and his bulls, bro. <laughs> His legs, his legs look like bulls. Um, but yeah, that, those those are our choices. Let us know if if you'd have anybody different. No, there's a there's a few controversial ones in there. Um, right, quick fire through the, uh, the 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 picks this weekend. I'll give you the fixtures. You let me know who wins and uh, why. First one, cheese the sharks hit me. Cheaters, I think they're going to take a good form recently. Obviously scored a lot of tries two weeks ago. This last week against pretty good province team. Good structure. I think they take the Sharks. Point, point, scoreline. Oh, jeez, man. Now you're putting me on the spot here. I think uh, maybe a 28-20. Nice, nice. Uh, I reckon cheaters by minimum 10 too. Um, Pumas province. Oh, I hate Pumas. saying this. Pumas. Pumas by 10 as a minimum. Yeah. Maybe even 15. Um, Bulls v Lions. Bulls for me, I to be honest. It's a close game. I think a close game. I, I don't think it's that close. After the Bulls performance last week, I reckon they, I they do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bulls. Bulls definitely. Rick was Griffins. Rick was Rick was Shirley. Yeah, yeah. Rick was will take it, man. Rick was will take it. And then URC, we've got Stormers v. Benetton. Thoughts? Stormers by 80. No, joke. <laughs> 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 he's, no, he's got them Stormers-shaped glasses on. <laughs> I think I think Stormers takes it. Gotta be an interesting game and playing at the Donny Craven Stadium in Stellenbosch. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think they they're not going to fluff around this week. But Benetton are they're not bad. They're not bad. But but I think Stormers maybe takes about like ten I points. Think points. Underestimate Benetton at, at your own own peril. But I reckon I reckon Stormers by Stormers by a comfortable eighteen. I know I've just said Benetton good team, but Stormers by eighteen. Uh, Lions Zebra. I, I would hope that the Lions absolutely pump them. Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing else to, to be put there. Uh, Bulls Leinster. No, this I reckon, is going to be interesting. I reckon Bulls by Bulls by five. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if it's if it's uh, if Leinster's gonna, I mean, look at the end of the day, it's not a knockout game. So I mean, if they lose, they lose. Yeah, yeah. they don't get an unbeaten season, but an unbeaten season doesn't really get you any silverware. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think. Yeah, probably put on their beast uh or their second string team again and if bulls play the way they the the way they played this uh this last week then yeah definitely a nice little five points or ten points a sort of comfortable win over a very young 
Leinster team is definitely on the cards. And then one that I think is actually going to be maybe the most interesting round of, of the, or the most interesting game of the round in terms of South African perspective, Sharks v. Munster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you definitely want to see the Sharks and, and all the Springbok players in that team sort of pull together, especially, you know, securing those spots for next year. Uh, Munster, obviously, really good game. Like last, yeah. last week against the Stormers, really good game. I think this is going to be... I think it's going to be a cracker, man. I think it's going to be probably, probably, definitely the game to watch this weekend. Definitely yeah. the game to watch this weekend. I think um, oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be controversial and say Sharks by ten, and I've got a reason for it. No, RG Sneeman because he's he's injured, um, and also they've lost their first choice hooker, who was really really good last week. So. I reckon those boys not being there might have a bit of a knock-on effect. Really big performance last week. I reckon Munster, Munster maybe have a, a, a bit of a hangover from that like you did on Sunday after drowning your sorrows. Hey, man, I, I saw a couple of them still walking around Cape Town yesterday, so they, <laughs> they're still parking off you. But yeah, I, I do think the Sharks pull, pull off a win there maybe by five points, so I think it's going to be a close game. Great stuff. And uh, we've obviously got some some really cool guests coming up next week, possibly multiple. So um, do stay tuned for that. But other than that, Steeg's closing thoughts. Uh, what are you What are you doing this weekend? Are you going to be down at the Stormers game? Uh, possibly, man. I've got, got a few work things lined up. Boo work. Uh, obviously, like I said, taking a little bit of a drinking break. So if I do find myself in Stellenbosch on Friday, I might just go down to the game. I don't think a tickets are too expensive. And we we obviously lifting that uh lifting that trophy. So yeah. that's gonna be pretty cool to watch if I do make it up there. But yeah, we'll we'll sort of see what happens. I think it's gonna be a pretty, pretty dull weekend for me. How's yours looking? I think mine is gonna be a bit like yours was last weekend. Um <laughs> slightly more booze filled. I think your weekend this week's weekend's gonna be booze filled too. I don't believe you. Um but <laughs> off to off to watch Scotland play Italy in the uh, TikTok Six Nations women's um game. So that should be quite an interesting watch. Um so yeah, should be should be quite a good one. But we will catch you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening.